to the Fantasy Football Freaks Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Brashear, and we are thrilled to have you listening to our very first podcast episode on the feed. We are going live with our first three episodes, so if you enjoy uh, our introductory pod today, please skip on ahead and listen to episodes two and three. It's a two-part series where we do our complete wide receiver draft preview. Uh, in the first pod, we go through our, me and a colleague of mine go through our top 10 wide receivers for the 2020 fantasy season. And then in the third episode, we go through the second set of wide receivers, our ranks 11 through 20. What is the Fantasy Freak Podcast? Who am I? Why is this show even existing? Uh, why should you listen in or even give a shit about anything we talk about? I guess the best place to start is, of course, at the beginning. My name is Matthew Brashear. I am a non-practicing attorney, work in the legal services industry for my nine to five every day to pay the bills. But my real passion, the thing that really gets me going, uh, the thing that I care about an inordinate amount is, of course, fantasy football. And the reason why I want to do this pod for you guys is because there are a lot of really good fantasy football podcasts out there that I can recommend to you. They give you a lot of good advice, a lot of statistical breakdown, a lot of analytical breakdown, which football is going more and more to. But but I looked around and I listened to most of the pods that were out there. And most of them are a couple of different people talking pretty respectfully back and forth, each one, you know, giving an opinion and throwing it to the next guy. And I don't know about you all, but that's not my fantasy football experience. <laughs> Guys, I've been playing fantasy football for 13 going on 14 years now. And the best part of the fantasy football experience for me is the group text chains that I'm in. It's watching the game with other people in my league. It's talking shit and sending emails and taunting and taking my medicine when someone totally dominates me in a given week. It's the experience of playing fantasy football, of being a part of a community or a group of people. And the more years you play, the more you know those people and the closer you get. And I don't see any fantasy football podcasts out there right now that are representative of that. I don't see any fantasy football podcasts out there that's like two people having a discussion about fantasy football at a bar. Or like I said, you know, one of my favorite parts of every season is this group text chain I'm in in one of my leagues. And just as the week unfolds every week, people just talk mass shit to each other, just back and forth, back and forth uh, as their players accrue points or other players score points on them. And I don't see a fantasy pod out there right now for football. That really reflects that. So I decided if, if that's what I want and I don't find it out there, well, why not take it into your own hands? Why not do it yourself? So that's what this is. I want to create a community for people who are die hard about fantasy football. Now, I want to be clear. If you're just starting out, if this is your first or second season playing fantasy football, if you're trying to get your sea legs under you, trying to figure out what is going on, you're still welcome. Anyone who enjoys fantasy football at any level, more than welcome to please listen to the pod. Please like and subscribe. Please glean any helpful tips that you can, anything that we discuss that makes you a better fantasy football player. But I want to create a community for the fantasy football freaks out there. And of course, that's the best place to start, the very first pod. If you're going to have a show called the Fantasy Football Freaks Podcast, what is a fantasy football freak? So let's have a little bit of story time. If you've ever been at a bar, a sports bar, and the opening series of a football game and one of your fantasy football players gets hurt on the opening play of the opening series, they're out for the rest of the game, so you're stuck with a zero, and you swear or cause such commotion at the sports bar that you are threatened, basically asked to leave or to stop behaving in such a manner like that, 
my hands raised. I've done that. You're a fantasy football freak. If you've ever figured out exactly when your waiver claims are processed for your team, which depending on which time zone you're in, typically is somewhere between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. Eastern. If you figured out exactly when your waiver claims are processed in your league, you've ever set an alarm five minutes before that deadline, logged on to see if you got the guy on the waiver wire you wanted, or if you didn't, who the next best option would be that you could snatch up so your team would be complete, uh, you'd have the best matchup and the best chance to win the following week, then this pod's for you and you're a fantasy football freak. If you've ever gone on a first date, and you tried to talk about fantasy football with them, and they looked at you like you were speaking a foreign language, like you were speaking Swahili to you, and you certainly did not get a second date after trying to talk about fantasy football on the first date, then you're a fantasy football freak, and this pod's free. If you've ever gotten a tattoo, if you've ever skipped out uh, entirely or left early a really important family function because you had to see how your fantasy football team was scoring or you had to watch a game that was going to decide your fantasy football playoff fate, then you're a fantasy football freak. If you've ever blown off a really important religious ceremony that you were supposed to go to because you had to watch a game or see what your fantasy score was, then you're a fantasy football freak. If you've ever been out of cell phone range in a remote location or on vacation or traveling and you go 15 or 20 minutes out of your way because you have to desperately find cell phone reception so you can check your score on your fantasy football app and see how you're doing, if you're winning or if you're losing, then you're a fantasy football freak. This is the podcast for those people. I want to create a community. I want to create a discourse between people who live breathe and die fantasy football. So thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope that you will tune in and, and listen to the first couple episodes. I think we've got some really, really good stuff on tap. Uh, the first set of episodes that we're going to release, as I mentioned briefly earlier, are going to be our draft preview guide. Uh, we're going to put out two different podcasts uh, on our top ranked quarterbacks, our top ranked wide receivers, and our top ranked running backs. Each series is going to be two two episodes uh, covering the top 20 of each position, 10 in each episode. The best place to start on this first episode is going to be just what's the general fantasy news that's going on in the, in the NFL right now. Obviously, 10,000-foot elephant in the room, the giant thing that everybody's wondering about, are we even going to have a season in 2020? Are we even going to play fantasy football? You know, is there a reason to research and prepare for your drafts and, and try and put in all the work and effort that goes into being a successful fantasy football player if we're not even going to have a season? And of course, my answer to that is yes. I've been very cautiously optimistic throughout. I 100% think we're going to start the season. Obviously, if an half a team, as what we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now, if half a team contracts uh, COVID-19 and how the NFL deals with that and postponements and reschedules, which are likely to happen, will greatly determine if the season finishes and if we get a full 16-game schedule in. But I 100% believe that we're going to start football on time here in another four to five weeks. And I think fantasy football means a lot to you. If you're a fantasy football freak like me, you need to prepare just like business is normal. You need to look at all available resources to you. You need to prepare for all of the eventualities that could occur. You need to you know, do your mock drafts and look at your draft preview guys. Don't just look at ours. Look at other media outlets out there who put a lot of time and effort into prognosticating. I'm rather proud of our episodes and uh, our preview guides. A lot of research went into the opinions and the facts that you're going to hear discussed. But the great thing about fantasy football is ultimately you're the owner and it's your team and you make the final decision. So 
it only helps to hear all the different opinions out there to gather all the data points and hear all the available information about a situation and then make the best decision for you and your team. Obviously, the really big news here in in recent times is that the opt-out period has now thankfully passed for the NFL. And I say thankfully, obviously, safety first. I'm glad that the players who don't feel safe or have a family member with a medical condition or several players had recently born babies who don't feel comfortable playing this year and potentially subjecting their child to the germ and to the disease. I'm glad that a solution was worked out where they can get a little bit of money and still come back to their job in most cases next year. But not knowing who is actually going to be on the teams, not knowing who is actually going to be in the player pool to be eligible to draft was a little difficult. And I'm, I'm very thankful that the opt-out period ended just a couple of days ago on a Thursday night. And now, now we know. In the final, in the end, 69 players decided to opt out of the NFL season. 17 of that 69 were starters. For fantasy football purposes, uh, there were a lot of offensive linemen and a lot of defensive players. Obviously, the huge headline was the amount of players that the Patriots had because they had way more players opt out than any other team. But for fantasy football purposes, we just had a couple of guys uh, that this really affects that, you know, rankings are going to need to be rearranged. So the notables uh, for you to note in your draft, the headliner obviously was Damian Williams of the Chiefs. We were going to be in for a great battle to see who ultimately was going to wrestle that starting position in that phenomenal juggernaut offense. If it's going to be Damian Williams or if the rookie Clyde Edwards-Alaire was going to come in and take that job away from him. It was a pretty great argument that with no preseason and no OTAs that Damian was going to have it at least for the first couple of weeks. Uh, and then we were going to see over the entirety of the season who was ultimately going to finish as RB1 for that team and in that offense. But now we know Damian Williams last seen performing very well in the Super Bowl, helping leading his team to a victory, has opted out and will not be available as a fantasy football player in 2020. Devin Funches. Of the Green Bay Packers, who I hope none of you have ever had on your fantasy football teams because he is nothing but disappointment and disarray, but he was projected. He was a, a significant free agent signing by the Green Bay Packers, and he was expected or projected to be their wide receiver too. He's opted out. He's out. He's not playing in 2020. Please listen in to episodes two and three to hear. I, I think that greatly affects a lot of the things that we thought and a lot of our thoughts about Devontae Adams. Green Bay Packers wide receiving and tight end core was already thin with Devin Funches. Now it's threadbare without so Devontae Adams and a whole lot of other guys. Um, but, you know, Devin Funches, again, not available in 2020, not going to be a player that you can pick or play in fantasy football. Moving on, the next guy, Albert Wilson, who was projected to be the slot guy for the Dolphins. Obviously not the quite same caliber of fantasy football player as a Damian Williams or potentially Devin Funches as the wide receiver two in the Packers offense. But he was, you know, the Dolphins offense is improving. You know, we're going to certainly see in the next couple of years if Tua Tungavailoa turns into anything. But Albert Wilson was a starter. They do a lot of three wide receiver sets in Miami, and he was going to be the projected starter in the slot, but he has opted out. And then the last notable, I think, for fantasy football is Marquise Goodwin, of the Eagles. I don't know if, if Marquise was going to start, obviously we've got Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson in Philadelphia, but Deshaun, those, those two guys both have very checkered injury histories. They both seemingly get a knock or an injury every single year. And so that's why the Eagles traded for Marquise Goodwin. He was going to be a quality backup in the event that one of their top two guys went down as they typically do. And he is not playing in 2020 and has opted. Now, the other really big thing I want to point out for you guys, and I think this is a massive deal is I briefly mentioned it earlier, but I want to really hone in on this point. 
under the agreement reached between the NFL Players Association and the NFL, we are not having preseason or OTAs in 2020. And who does that really affect? Well, the two groups that no preseason and no OTAs really affects are going to be your rookies and your players on new teams. Now, obviously, you know, it's only to a point. Obviously, I'm not sitting here and telling you that Tom Brady in his new place playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is not going to be a fantasy factor in 2020. But what I am telling you is that whenever you're making your draft decisions in a couple of weeks, typically we hear training camp chatter and we see things on the field in preseason for both players in new places and rookies. And those opportunities are not going to be there in 2020. I think it's really going to slow the development of both of those two groups. A lot of our, we had a lot of rookies taken in the first round and second round for both the running back and wide receiver positions. And a lot of those guys are not going to get any extended time with their quarterbacks, learning the playbook, learning what routes their quarterback prefers, learning the quarterback, learning kind of the idiosyncrasies of the wide receivers, where they like the ball, hand signals, audibling, all the, all the stuff that goes into an offense and being a successful offensive player. It takes time. It takes runway when you're in a new situation and you don't have an already existing bond, an already existing camaraderie between the offensive player and the quarterback. And that, that runway and time has been taken away with this agreement to not have preseason or OTA. So there are still some rookies that I'm excited about. Again, please listen into our next couple set of episodes. We're going to discuss in depth. We're going to have rookie corner in our preview guides for quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. But I think you have to have a little bit of an asterisk this year. I think there are a couple of guys that are in new places, new faces in new places, and a couple of rookies that for me are slightly downgraded. And I, I just, I want you all to keep in mind that while none of us, most people don't watch preseason games, so you're not going to be watching any less football than you normally would, but it is going to have a significant impact, I think, on on rookies and, and players who got traded or free agents who are now new places and new faces. So please make a middle note. Please keep that in mind when you're in your drafts, when you're, you know, when you're in round five or six and you're trying to decide between two or three guys that are on your short list, I would maybe not pick the rookie this year. This might be the year that you may not want to draft the rookie because they may not really figure out how to be a professional NFL player until midway through the season. You may not get a valuable contributor out of a couple of these guys because it's going to take weeks that were taken away from them to, to build that bond in their offense with their offensive coordinator, with their quarterback. Other big, big bit of fantasy uh, NFL news just coming out in the last couple of days is Darius Geis, who plays for the Washington football team, was cut. Uh, it was announced that an investigation is ongoing into him and some potential domestic violence charges are being investigated. Washington had a meeting about it. Of course, they have a new coach, Ron Rivera, building a new culture and stability in that organization is, is very key to Ron Rivera. And, you know, he, alongs with the general manager and the owner, made a decision that Darius Geis' time you know, for the Washington football team is now over. So he he was someone that, you know, might have been a late round lottery ticket was injured an awful lot, but did have a, a world of talent when he was healthy. That that backfield was already a mess with the likes of Bryce Love, Adrian Peterson, Antonio Gibson. Now it becomes even more muddled. But Darius Geis, you can take him out of the mix. He has been cut, and he is no longer going to be a factor on that team. The last thing I wanted to go over today, guys, uh, in this quick introductory episode, if you don't get anything else out of this podcast, obviously... I do want you guys, like we were just talking about, to really remember and factor in when you draft the the factor of no preseason and no OTAs. I, I, I don't want to harp on it, but I think it's incredibly important 
But the other thing, if you get nothing out of this podcast, I just want to quickly talk about when your league is deciding draft format this year, I cannot begin to tell you fantasy football freaks out there how superior auction drafting is to snake. I realize that most people do snake drafts. Sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes if you're dealing in a league of people who are just kind of figuring out fantasy football, who are just playing for this first couple of times, you know, a snake draft can be a crutch. It's a lot easier to do. It's a lot easier to prepare for. But I promise you, I promise you, if you take the leap of faith with me and you talk your league into doing an auction draft this year, you'll never go back to snake. Auction is so much more fun. Just think about this for a minute. If your favorite player is Christian McCaffrey, or if you had Christian McCaffrey on your team last year and he led you to a fantasy football championship, and if you had your choice or your pick, you want, fa- you want Christian McCaffrey back on your team this year because he led you to victory last year. Whenever you determine draft order, whether it's a randomizer on a computer program, you draw names out of a hat, however your league chooses to do. If you don't draw pick one or two, you can't get Christian McCaffrey. It's just the reality. He's going in pick one or pick two this year in drafts in 2020, you know, barring injury, anything catastrophic happening prior to the season opening. Christian McCaffrey is going to be pick one or pick two in every single league in fantasy football 2020. However, if you're playing auction, if you're willing to pay enough money, every single player is available to you. So typically the way an auction works is you you agree to a preset value, which typically is $200. You go in line and everyone in your league takes a turn nominating a player. And once a player is nominated, whoever is willing to put in the highest bid and spend the most money out of that 200 wins the player. So suddenly every single player in fantasy football is available to you. If you're willing to spend the money, there is no one that you can't draft. You no longer have to kind of figure out where you're drafting in each round and go through mock drafts and kind of figure out who's typically available at the end or the middle of the beginning of such and such round, who in your mocks is falling there, who, who your pick would be in various positions. All of a sudden, everything opens up and every single player is available to you. And it's intoxicating. I'm not going to lie. Auction drafts are more difficult, guys. Suddenly, every player is available to you, but people fall in love with certain guys, just like we were discussing with Christian McCaffrey. You may have built this whole strategy of he, you want to build your team around him. He is the cornerstone of your fantasy football team. And then you get in that auction and somebody else in your draft just keeps pushing that button and just keeps bidding and bidding and bidding. And all of a sudden, you might be in like the $90 range. You might even be encroaching all the way up to something crazy like the $100 range because you and this other guy just keep bidding each other up. And there comes a point where you're going to completely cripple your team if you can't let go and let the other guy have him because the amount of money you're spending on one person is not going to allow you to properly allocate funds to get quality players to other positions. Also with auction, you kind of have to prepare for your draft by assigning every single player a certain draft value. You have to decide how you feel about almost all the players, at least all the guys in the top, I would say 50 for your main, well, your main two positions, your top 50 guys in wide receiver running backs, you know, your top 
let's say 25 to 30 quarterbacks uh, in your top, let's say 20 tight ends. You have to predetermine what that guy's value is. And then when you get in a draft, if, if everyone in your draft for some reason hates a certain player, you know, if in your geographic region, you know, everyone is fans of one team and the rival team's players are hated and nobody wants to own them because of personal bias and you're in the fantasy football draft and you see that a certain player, the highest auction amount, the highest dollar that someone's willing to spend on that player is way, way too low. And it's going to be a steal. You have to be able to swoop in and say, Here, here's how I value this guy. Here's what his actual draft capital, the capital it's going to take to draft him. Here's what that amount's going to be. And if there's a great discrepancy there, if he's if someone's you know going for way too little or way too much, as we just discussed, you have to be able to let a player go or you have to be able to swoop in and grab a guy as a steal, even if it's not someone that you previously had targeted. I mean, we all kind of pick a strategy before the draft. We all kind of have a, a blueprint in mind of who we're looking for and the kind of players we want to pair together the guy who's the steal, you know, later on in the draft, a couple of lottery ticket guys at the very end who we want to spend a dollar or two on, but that we think have the potential to really turn into something. But once you go live in that auction draft, all bets are off. Anything can happen. Anybody can fall in love or decide that they hate another guy. And you have to know how you value each player and react accordingly to the decisions that the rest of your league's going to make. The fun part of it is a lot of times, there's a lot of gamesmanship involved, you know, in the leagues that I've been in that do auction drafts. Everybody knows who everybody's favorite teams are. Everybody knows who everybody's favorite players are. And people will purposefully try and bid you up. If they know that so-and-so is your favorite player, we'll go back to the previous example. If they know that Christian McCaffrey is your favorite player, they're going to assume that you're going to be able, you're going to be willing to spend a lot of money to get him. And, and they may have no interest in getting him, but they keep hitting that bid button to bid, to bid him up and push him up and cost you more money and the available dollar pool for all the rest of the players to shrink by every dollar you spend. So they try and bid you up on certain players. That happens in my league every year. Every year, everybody knows who everyone's favorite team is, who the guys are that they maybe have owned in previous years, who led them to championships or someone that they drafted when they were a rookie and they really turned into great players. So they're, you know, sentimental. Everyone knows all that stuff because we've been playing fantasy football together in this league for so long and everyone uses that information against everyone. There's so much strategizing that goes on in that auction draft. It is a great investment of time. I'm not going to lie. An auction draft will oftentimes take double the time of a snake draft because the auction, you know, especially if a lot of players get a lot of bids and you're, you're given, you know, your typical 10 seconds between bids until a player is assigned to the highest bid. If no one is willing to go any higher, typically there's a 10 second threshold um, before all bidding stops from the last bid. So yeah, it, it may take double the time to do a snake draft, but this, this show and this pod is for the fantasy football freaks out there. And I know, you know, different strokes for different folks. And if you've tried auction and it's not the thing for you, or if you have people in your league that have tried auction drafts before and they didn't like it, then, you know, snake is fine. You know, snake, snake drafts, get the job done. They're comfortable. You know, the format, you know, you know, if you've done your mock drafts, you know, who is going to typically be available in, in wherever you're, if you get beginning, middle or end of a round, and then when it flips the other round, who you should target, you know, all that stuff. And, and it's dependable. That's why most people do it. Especially if you're just starting out playing fantasy football, I do highly recommend that you draft snake for your first couple of years. But if you're a fantasy football freak and you're listening to this show, I beg of you, please give auction a chance. Please try and talk the rest of your league into doing auction 
on auction draft this year. I, I will be shocked if I get feedback from anyone who says that they talked their league into doing an auction draft and, and they regretted it. Yes, it's more complex. Yes, more strategy is involved, but it's so much more fun. And if you're in a league that's been playing for a while and you know all of the guys in your league and they all know you and they know your favorite teams and they know your favorite players, it's so much fun to all, you know, this year obviously be six feet apart, but it's so much fun to all be in a big room and all be logged in, you know, either, well, you, you have to do an auction draft on your computer, but to all be logged in together and drafting in the same room. You know, sometimes people question your manhood. Sometimes if you get bit up on a couple guys and and you don't get them, some other people will start talking, start talking to you and start questioning your manhood. And if you're really going to be willing to fight somebody for a player and you, you have to keep a cool head. And you, again, as we discussed, you have to have a certain value and the top amount that you're willing to spend on, on almost all of the top players and the top guys and be able to recognize that at a certain point, it's too much money or at a certain point, the guys in your league are way undervaluing someone and you can swoop in and get them on your on your team for way too little. So if nothing else from this episode, I just I beg and I plead of you, please consider doing auction drafts this year. That's my big, big takeaway from this very first episode. The other thing as you're getting ready to prepare for your drafts that I really want to impart on you, the one thing that I really want to stress that you do or advise that you do, please know and analyze the rules of your individual league. I know that may just be, you know, the attorney in me. But it's only advantageous to know the preferences for how your league plays. The big decision out there is, is whether you all choose to go with standard scoring, where a rushing touchdowns typically more points than a passing touchdown. If you all are choosing to make both passing and receiving and rushing touchdowns all six points across the board, you know that they're all equal. Or if you're trying to look at half point PPR, which is point per reception league or a full point, PPR league, you need to know well in advance of your draft exactly what the preferences are that your league's going to employ. Or if your league's not willing to make that decision and you all are going to vote prior to the draft, then you need to prepare for those different eventualities. You, it's so hard to play a game successfully if you don't know all the rules. It only benefits you. It only makes you a better fantasy football player. It only gives you a better chance to really do well at your draft and set yourself up to be a champion if you know the rules. And if you don't know the rules, if you haven't looked into what scoring preferences your league has decided on for that particular year, it's only going to hurt you. It's like walking around in the dark without any kind of light. You're only going to run into anything. You're only going to draft players with incorrect value. You're going to make incorrect evaluations of players. You're going to draft guys who may not be as as valuable in your specific format as you think that they are. So I I just, I really, really, I know that seems elementary. I know that that seems like a beginner thing, but I've been in a lot of leagues where we're in round three or four before someone pipes up and asks, Hey guys, what's our scoring format? Are we doing PPR? Is this, is this regular? Are all touchdowns six points? Are we doing standard scoring? And it's it's round four. I mean, all the all the top draft picks have already been selected. Everyone's made the major decisions on their made the biggest decisions that are going to shape their team. And and they didn't know what the proper format was, so they didn't properly evaluate or value the player when they chose to draft them when they didn't know. So don't be that guy or that girl. No, go ahead and and ask you know the players in your in your league, I highly recommend deciding a couple weeks in advance what your scoring format's going to be or just contacting the commissioner and asking if he's going to go with whatever the standard scoring 
is on the platform that you all are using, which you know does tend to be standard scoring format. But if you want to be good at the game, you got to know the rules. Can't stress that enough. The last little tidbit, and again, I know, you know, the show is called the Fantasy Football Freaks Podcast. I know for some of you, you're going to roll your eyes at this and, and think that this is pretty elementary. But again, this is something that I I don't see a lot of people employing. Even sometimes people who are grizzled fantasy football veterans. And I know a lot of it's time, you know, everybody's got their job. Everyone's got their, you know, their kids or their obligations or their hobbies or their religious organization. Everyone's got a million things going on. And and sometimes you don't have a whole lot of time prior to your draft to do a lot of things. It's all you can do to show up for your draft on time. And if if it's a paid league, if you got to pay to play, you know, show up with your cash or your check and, and show up with your laptop or your computer ready ready to draft or to make your decision, but it's invaluable for you to figure out exactly what platform your league is drafting on and to go ahead and check because most of all those sites will have the information available in a different portion of the site, what their preset value of all the players is going to be pre-draft. If you can log in to your platform and determine what the preset values of the, all the players are going to be, which means once you're actually in the drafting platform, if you're doing it electronically, obviously, if you're doing it the old-fashioned way with stickers and a board, this doesn't apply to you. But if you're doing it electronically, which most people do in 2020, when you log into your draft platform and you pull up a player, it starts listing all the players that are available to draft, there will be a number value next to their name. That is, as we just discussed, most of the time previously, or most of the time it's used for auction drafts. So you know, you know what the value of the player is going to be. But if you can go ahead and figure out what the recommendations of the draft platform that you're using are going to be, then you're already two or three steps ahead of your league mates. Because unless you're in an expert league, or unless you're in a league where everyone in that league is a fantasy football freak, most people rely on the draft rankings, the preset draft values that are inside your platform. Most people don't take the time to do their own values or to do their own rankings. They just use whatever, they blindly use whatever the platform has has said. Um, even if you're in a snake draft, the platform's still going to go ahead on the preset values and it's going to rank each player in order. So your running backs are going to be set in order of their value. So even if you're in a snake draft, the platform's going to list in order, when you click on the position, it's going to list each guy by the preset value, the number one guy being at the top working your way. If you can take a little bit of time, just a week before your draft, figure out what those preset values are going to be, you can determine if you grossly disagree with their evaluations. So those preset values are done by the experts for all those platforms, you know, all, all the big platforms, yahoo.com, ESPN.com, NFL.com. They all have fantasy football experts that work for them. They'll sit down, they'll do a giant round table, they'll all come together, create, you know, an amalgamation of all their rankings and make a master list and assign these values to all their players. But if there's something that you highly disagree with, if you look at that list and you think someone is going way too high or way too low, then you can strategically take advantage of that discrepancy. Because I'm telling you, most of the people in your league are just going to rely on those rankings that the platform is feeding them. So if you if you think someone is way more valuable than that platform has them ranked, there's a pretty good chance you can wait on them. 
you might be able to wait an extra round to grab someone that you're targeting because you have them ranked so much higher than the draft platform and everyone else in your draft, for example, is, is highly relying on that platform. So they don't even, they don't see that guy. He may be buried behind three or four other picks at the position. So again, it seems elementary. I know some people out there rolling their eyes that that's, you know, some kind of advice that I'm trying to dispense, but it's invaluable for you to go ahead and log in and determine what the preset values and rankings that your particular platform are going to use prior to your draft. Figure out if there's any big discrepancy between your own personal rankings and the site's rankings, and then figure out some strategical moves for, you know, the fact that most people in your draft are going to rely on those rankings that are given to them because a lot of times people don't have time to prepare. Well, guys, that's all I have. I wanted to, to not go too long on this very first pod. I'm so excited about this venture. I'm so excited about this show. Like I said, I wanted to create a show and a community for the fantasy football freaks out there. I know so many people and I'm lucky to be friends with so many people that love fantasy football. It's such a huge part of their lives. Sometimes we take it too far. And that's going to be a fun part of this show. You know, I'm, I'm going to normally have a rotating cast uh, of voices, other people that I know whose opinions and whose advice I respect and I want to have come on and, and help dispense, you know, some fantasy advice to you. I'm going to typically a lot of weeks have different people on. But this week, I just wanted to start out by telling you, you know, what this show's all about, what we're aiming to do. And how excited I am, you know, to create this community. Come one, come all. The more fantasy freaks, the better. Guys, I can't wait for this fantasy season. And I can't wait to do this show for the rest of the football season with you guys. Like I said, our next two episodes that should have all gone live together is parts one and two of our wide receiver draft. Really, really good information in there. Even with me splitting it into two parts, it is a little long to go ahead and warn you. But I would much rather give you all too much advice than too little. So, you know, do feel free to jump around if you don't want to listen, you know, to all hour plus hour and a half for each each individual episode. Do feel free to jump around, especially if you want um, to listen to the entire section of a certain player. If we get to a guy who you hate, you're not going to be drafting. You know, feel free to jump ahead to our discussion of the next guy. But I don't want to give you all anything but my best effort. So we put a lot of work into these draft preview guides, me and the people I asked to come on. They are a little long. I do request your patience. I think if you listen to them all the way through, you're going to get some invaluable insights. I think it's really going to help you be a better fantasy football player. I think it's going to help the fantasy football freaks all do better this year. Hopefully, you know, go far in the playoffs, if not win your league. So everyone have a great night. Please listen to episodes two and three and, um, we will be releasing a new episode every Wednesday once the season starts. Obviously, we're going to go over Sunday and Monday's games and how all the fantasy major fantasy players are performing. We'll also be going over waiver wire guides, the guys who I think you should particularly be targeting to add to your team for the next week. So look forward to that. Till the next time, can't wait to hear from all you fantasy football freaks. Can't wait to... Continue this journey and do the show with you all in the future.